Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. And Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us, Lord. Thank you for your ministering spirits that minister to us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. All right, we're going to um, share on ministering angels through UBM number two. And uh, this first revelation was given to Eve Brast on 822. 8-8-22. I wanted to share a little background with everyone concerning my angelic encounters and coming into the gift of prophetic dreams and visions in my lifetime. I was four years old the first time angels appeared to me. My parents had a very turbulent marriage, and they had uh, vicious fights and arguments beginning around the time I was four years old. Uh, I was an only child and uh, was alone quite a bit. I had no siblings to find comfort or solace with in those times when my parents were fighting. Uh, One day, they got into a bad argument, and I imagined that they would hurt each other or die, or, or one would kill the other or both, as I was hiding under my bed in my room, thinking all these fearful thoughts, three angels appeared to me. Two of them were male in appearance, and one female in appearance. Now, we're not saying they're female angels, but uh, in appearance. And this has happened before, too. And they uh, weren't big and glorious with wings and heavenly garments, but they appeared to me in the form of other children, dressed in in, uh, that time period of the early 1970s. And I knew they were supernatural because they spoke to me with wisdom and comfort like grown-ups would, uh, and the room was filled with a supernatural peace. They told me that everything was going to be okay and that I didn't need to be afraid. They assured me that God loved me and that He loved my parents and nothing bad would happen to us. I knew about God and Jesus because my dad had been saved and filled with the Holy Spirit when I was two years old, and he talked a lot about God and Jesus and the Bible. My dad had bought uh, me a little children's picture Bible, and he would read me stories out of it every night before bedtime. Uh, My mom was, on the other hand, wasn't filled with the Spirit until years later, so She was quite the Jezebel, and it caused some bad agreements between my parents. I was so glad to have these other children there with me, and I asked them if they could please stay with me and be my friends. And they said that they would stay, so that that began a long companionship that lasted until I was nine years old, (laughs) close to turning ten. And I remember playing with them in my room when I was four and my mother walking by and stopping in the doorway and asking, Who are you talking to, Eve? 
<laughs> and, and I said, my friends, can't you see them? She just raised her eyebrows and said, okay. As a four-year-old, I didn't think to ask them uh, their names, so I just gave them. Uh, later, I heard her telling some other grown-ups that I had imaginary friends and uh, that I had made up uh, to play with. And they all laughed and thought it was so cute, and they just explained it away, that I was an only child with a vivid imagination. <laughs> I became upset and told them all, they aren't imaginary, they are real. I also could see demons beginning when I was six years old, especially when my parents would argue and fight and I knew how to rebuke them in Jesus' name, because that's what I heard my dad saying at times. Uh, I didn't know that rebuke meant, or what your rebuke meant, but I knew that was how you talk to demons to make them leave, and I knew they were scared of Jesus. And they would always leave when I would do this, because I believed that when I said this, that's this magic phrase, <laughs> they had to do what I said. As the uh, years went on and I got older, still insisting that my friends were real, my mom and dad started to believe me. <laughs> and my dad acknowledged uh, that they were probably angels and that I was seeing and interacting with. Uh, one day... As my 10th birthday was approaching, we were all playing school, and the angels were my students. <laughs> they patiently listened to my instructions, and when I dismissed the class, the male leader of the three put his right arm around my shoulder and said, We are going to have to leave now. You are getting too old. <laughs> But don't worry, we will always be with you. And I understood that he meant I was growing up and didn't need them in that capacity anymore. And I had felt a solemnness uh, in them that day. And now I knew why. I didn't have time to argue or try to negotiate with them. They just disappeared. And I began to cry because I heard his voice once more saying, Don't worry, we will always be with you. And when I turned ten, I had my first prophetic dream from the Lord, and these continued into my twenties. My dad had also been given prophetic dreams and visions from the Lord, and he was thrilled that the Lord had passed that gift on to me too. We talked a lot about my dreams and his dreams, and he would try to help me understand what the Lord was showing me. And after the birth of my first son, Noah, the dream stopped. Life was busy, and I had gotten away from any spiritual closeness with the Lord or the Holy Spirit, and was very worldly-minded and caught up uh, with the cares of life. Uh, 
God had uh, fallen mostly silent, and the supernatural door into the spirit realm closed with regards to dreams and visions. But I still had encounters with demons and the demonic realm and many battles in that arena. Uh, Once I found UBM and began to read all the powerful dreams on the website, I prayed and asked the Lord to give me dreams like that. And a month later, the dreams returned. And as my walk with the Lord was restored through the UBM teachings and books, the dreams continued, and the heavenly spiritual realm was opened to me uh, once more. More often than not, the angels as well as Jesus appeared to me in dreams, but occasionally my eyes uh, are open to the spirit realm as an adult, and I am once again allowed to see and talk with the angels and enjoy their interactions as I did when I was a child. Here are the brief descriptions of the angels' names, appearances, and functions that I've seen at David's house over the years. Jeruel is uh, very tall and thin. He stands on the right side of the balcony. The balcony is actually the second floor. It is a walkway going across between two rooms on the second floor, and we've always jokingly called it the balcony because when we filled the house with people we had filled that up too sometimes so so uh anyway he stands on the right side of the balcony as you are looking up from the living room he has blonde wavy hair that reaches the base of his neck and a pale complexion complexion He has a long, simple garment that reaches the floor that is interwoven with thin strands of yellow gold. He appears sometimes to hold a polished jar or jug of anointing that has a a long neck uh, with a handle and uh, a pore spout, and his belt is a, a thin woven golden cord that ties around his waist at the front. The oil that poured out of the jug the last time I saw it was opalescence in its colorations. Uh, Sometimes he appears with a long golden-colored sword in his right hand and a black velvet belt around his waist. I know when he appears like this that he is ready to go out with our praises and fight our enemies. Jeruel seems to be a very serious, vigilant, and focused angel. He is very short and to the point with his answers, and I have not seen him smile or engage me with eye contact very often. He seems to always be looking straight ahead with intensity as if watching some continual unknown scene as it unfolds in front of him. Jeruel means fear or vision of God. The only place I could find this name mentioned in the Bible is in Second Chronicles 20 and 16, in context 14 through 17. And we've received this text many times concerning the battle that was coming against us from the faction. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, the Levite, 
of the sons of Asaph came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the assembly. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, which is the bride, of course, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord unto you, Fear not ye, neither be dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up uh, by the ascent of Ziz. And uh, you shall find them at the end of the valley before the wilderness of Jeruel. There's his name. And the name uh, means here, the angel and the place of the enemies are conquered. Um, by thanksgiving and praise. All right. Wow. And verse 17. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. And I believe that we are to employ Jeruel through the power of our praise to destroy our enemies as the rest of the text in Second Chronicles 20, 20-30 uh, indicates. The Hebrew word uh, for praise is halal, meaning to brag about what the Lord has done. The Hebrew word hallelujah uh, means praise ye the Lord. In Second Chronicles 20, 20 through 30, we read, And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be pro uh, established. Believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed them uh, that should sing unto the Lord and give praise in holy array as they went out before the army and say, Give thanks unto the Lord, for his loving kindness endureth forever. And when they began to sing unto praise, the Lord set liars in wait against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sur. We know that these liars in wait were demons to come in and divide them as we have seen in other places in Scripture, that were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Sur, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sur, everyone helped to destroy another. Hmm. And when Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked upon the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and there was none that escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance uh, both riches and dead bodies, and precious jewels which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled themselves in the valley of uh, Ber-Akah. For 
There they blessed the Lord, and therefore the name of that place is called the Valley of Barakah unto this day. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was upon all the kingdom of the countries when they heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. Well, notice that the nations came to know the fear of the Lord when by God's works, not man's, their enemies were conquered. And what better witness to the lost at the beginning of the tribulation? Hmm? Amen. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about. Amen. And Psalm 149, 5-9 says, Let the saints exalt in glory. Let them sing for joy upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth, and a two-edged sword, which is the word, of course, in their hand, to execute vengeance upon the nations and punishment upon the peoples to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, and to execute upon them the judgment written, This honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. Since praise is bragging on what the Lord has done, what could we be saying or singing that would conquer the enemies? that our enemies have already been conquered by the Lord. Uh, Luke one sixty-eight 68-74 reads, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, for he hath visited and wrought redemption for his people, and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. As he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets that have been from of old, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us. To show mercy towards our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he sware unto Abraham our father. To grant unto us that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, should serve him without fear. Uh, Psalm 34, 1-7 says, I will... Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The meek shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. Well, this is kind of like the name Jeruel, you know. Uh, We sing the praises, and they go out to conquer the enemies. And I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked unto him, and were radiant, and their faces shall never be confounded. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them." Well, part of praise is 
thanking God for his accomplished redemption from our enemies, which, um, which conquers them. And uh, Psalm fifty fourteen through 15 says, Offer unto the Lord the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and pay thy vows unto the Most High, and call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. And in 23, Whoso offereth the sacrifice of thanksgiving glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his way aright will I show the salvation of God. And Psalm 54, 6 and 7, With a free will offering will I sacrifice unto thee. I will give thanks unto thy name, O Lord, for it is good. For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye has seen my desire upon mine enemies. Psalm 8 and 2, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou established strength because of thine adversaries, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. And then she speaks about Baruch. Baruch, which means blessed or blessed one, is a head shorter than Jeruel and very muscular. He stands on the left side of the balcony. He is a warrior angel that fights for us according to the spoken word. Uh, mingled with our prayers for all situations. He has an olive complexion and dark brown hair that has uh, a slight wave that reaches the top of his shoulders. He has a deep furrowed brow that is very prominent feature and gives him a stern look, almost distracting. He wears a simple sleeveless tunic that goes down to his knees and is tied at the waist with a brown braided leather belt. He also has a matching leather headband around his forehead and hair that ties in the back. His countenance looks intimidating because of the deep furrows in his brow, but he smiles a lot when he looks at me and is much more talkative than Jeruel. His eyes are very deep blue. His sandals are leather with straps that crisscross up his calves and tie at the top. He holds a spear in his right hand and a blue flaming sword in his left. He also has a leather satchel of pouch with a simple flap that lays over the top of it. This satchel is worn across his chest at an angle, and the pouch rests on his left hip. It is filled with stars, which look like orbs of light. He told me once that these were our prayers, and when activated by the Word, he said, Make sure you pray the Word. <laughs> well, well, this could mean a couple of things. Um, pray according to the Word, or pray speaking the Word in our prayers, which we, of course, do. Right? I knew that he hurled these stars at our enemies as we prayed the Word over the various situations we are faced with. Amen.
Shemuel in a, is a variant of Samuel and means God has heard. He is primarily assigned to fight the swamp of our political enemies in government and the factious swamp that wars against UBM ministry with witchcraft and other nefarious activities. He appears about six and a half feet tall. He is uh, smaller than Baruch, but still muscular and has a ruddy or healthy reddish uh, to his skin, tone to his skin. And he has tight blonde curls and his hair is also shoulder length. He also wears a knee length tunic that is tied at the waist with a sky-blue belt, but his garment has long sleeves with an embroidered blue design on the sleeves and the hem. He also wears a headband that is sky-blue and ties at the back of his head, and he wears the same leather sandals as Baruch. He has a prominent nose, like a classic Cherokee Indian nose, But his uh, face is youthful, and his eyes are bright blue and joyful. He is a (laughs) cut-up, and is always doing crazy little antics to get a laugh or a smile. He carries a blue crystalline-looking Roman sword in his right hand that flashes when the light hits it. He uses this sword to tap the Drain the Swamp sign as he cuts his eyes over at me and raises his eyebrows with a nod of assurance and a big smile. The the, uh, drain, the swamp sign is an actual sign that we have over the water filter. (laughs) And he he taps that sign because he's going to drain the swamp, and he is draining the swamp. Okay. Shemuel doesn't talk much, but I asked him a direct question the other day, and he gave me a thorough answer in a serious but friendly tone. It is included in the questions and answers. One day when I was over at David's house, he asked me if the angels uh, in the balcony were up there at the moment, and I looked up there, and I saw the two overhead and replied, Yes. He said, I would like to ask them a question. I said, okay. He said, do you think they'll answer us? I said, usually if you engage them, they will answer, especially Baruch. Then Baruch said, uh, without being asked, there is much busyness happening in the kingdom of our Lord, much excitement among the saints and the angels. Everything is prepared and ready for his return. Oh, praise the Lord. Uh, I presume that this means that the bride is ready too, because that's one reason he is returning. And then after a moment, he said, the son is waiting for the father's command. So David asked, so the man-child is coming? Question. (laughs) And Baruch said, surely. And David then asked, when will David be crucified? And Baruch said, the Lord has this timing. 
David also asked, Will the man-child return this month of August 2022? And Jerul said, We do not have access to the timings of events. When the command goes out, we go. David asked, Do the angels ever get bored? Because <laughs> you just see them standing around and they don't necessarily, you know, they, they do that a lot. But I guess they're very active, actually, in the spirit realm. But um, from our perspective, it's what it looks like. Jerul said, uh, we do not get bored. There is a lot going on in the spirit realm that you don't see or understand. And Baruch said, we each have a function that we were created for, and it is our utmost pleasure and joy to serve our God and King. Amen. <laughs> David asked, Where do dreams come from? Do the angels give dreams to people? And Baruch said, Dreams come from the throne room of God and are carried by His Spirit and imputed to men while they sleep. Sometimes the enemy fights to hinder them coming or infiltrates them to corrupt them, bringing confusion I had a uh, a vision while he spoke of a dream in the form of a scroll enveloped in light entering the second heaven and coming under assault by demons. David asked about a portion of a dream he had recently received from someone. He felt that overall it was a good dream but a small piece of the dream had timing that seemed out of place or incorrect. So David asked, Is the portion of the dream I'm looking at uh, been infiltrated by the enemy? And Baruch answered, Yes, it was infiltrated. It was a small piece, you know, um, but still I knew it was out of place and wasn't what the Lord had shown us. So Baruch said, yes, it was infiltrated. And Jeruel said, the truth is in the word. Hold fast to that which you heard in the beginning. Okay. In other words, don't receive anything in dreams that contradict what the Lord has shown us personally or told us uh, at the first and don't receive anything in a dream that is contrary to the promises to us in His Word that we are commanded to hold fast to by faith. And who knows, this could be a test that God permits such a thing to test you to see if you're going to hold to what He said, right? Uh, remember the revelation I shared with you uh, where... I first got, Thou shalt die and not live. I said, I don't accept that, Lord. It's contrary to your word and your promises to me. And I'm asking for another word. And he said, and then I put my finger on, Thou shalt live and not die. <laughs> very interesting. Very powerful that God can be so dis exact. Okay. Well, David asked, thinking um, especially about the money that had disappeared from uh, a person's house, uh, will the angels restore what they have stolen uh, as we had asked? Well, that's an interesting thing. Uh, 
Baruch uh, answered, When the man-child comes, all will be restored. The source doesn't matter. In due time, all provision will be had. Amen. Meaning the source is irrelevant. Uh, Your father is the source of all. Uh, He will replace everything that's been stolen. And that's in Joel chapter 2, by the way. Um, Then David asked, kind of tongue-in-cheek, Will the angel spread fertilizer on the grass for for him? <laughs> Laugh out loud. <laughs> I saw Baruch tilt his head in puzzlement, and Baruch said, Humans worry about the strangest things. <laughs> so, um, in other words, there are greater things of importance for us to focus on and for the angels to be sent out to do. <laughs> And I personally feel that God expects us to bring things forth into our reality through our faith and the spoken word. And we don't have to worry about who does it or what happens, you know. So I told uh, David that Jerul had taken out a leather-bound book and was writing in it. And David asked me what I thought he was writing, and Jerul said, His Acts of Obedience. David said, watch this. And then he asked a rhetorical question that he already knew the answer to. He asked, uh, well, what do you do with my disobediences? And Jeruel answered, they are blotted out. (laughs) David laughed and said, I knew that. That was actually what was in my mind. Uh, David then said a prayer that our computers and uh, stolen materials on the website be restored. And Baruch said, The coming method for getting the gospel out will be far superior to our computers you use now, to the computers that you use now. It will transcend natural methods. The angels will be much more involved, both multiplying the natural materials and also supernatural methods will be given to the saints. Access and assistance, um, in other words, in the spirit realm, will be provided by the angels. I had a vision while he was speaking of many translations of the saints happening everywhere, guided by angels and supernatural gifts being bestowed upon the saints to bless and save, heal, and deliver God's elect. I also understood that languages would no longer be a barrier. Hmm. And this, of course, is for some people, but not necessarily all people. Later, I asked uh, Shemuel if he had anything to say since he is primarily assigned to fight the swamp of our political enemies in the government and uh, the factious swamp that wars against UBM ministry with witchcraft and other nefarious activities. He said the enemy and his human minions have suffered great casualties and setbacks recently, but they are regrouping for another attack. Keep praying, interceding, and praising. 
This will not end until the end. Jerul, in other words, the end of the faction, right? Jerul interjected, yes, keep praising. Jerul goes out with our praises ahead of us into the battle, like Second Chronicles 20. And he has the authority to divide the enemy and all such things. Michael asked me to ask Baruch if he would be going with him in his next trip back to Arkansas. And Baruch said, I will not be going, but another will go with you. And I had a vision of an angel up in Michael's room, standing at the foot of his bed, making his own preparations for the journey. This angel had white wings. Uh, we know that the, that the angels don't need wings, but they like to appear like that sometimes. They don't need wings because they're not... Uh, uh, controlled by the atmosphere they don't need to pick themselves up and these kind of things but uh he had white wings and a long thick flowing robe down to the floor he also had blonde loosely curled hair but there was a blue watery substance intermixed with his hair uh, i don't know if it was a blue fire or water, but it behaved like water and was a beautiful aquamarine color. Michael asked, what's this one's name? And I listened for a few seconds, and Baruch said, Ariel. Um, and then I quipped up and said, uh, Ariel means Lion of God, uh, the Hebrew meaning. Lion of God. Uh, he is Michael's guardian angel or angel of preservation, Eve said. Several years back, when we were still meeting at David's house for the morning prayer meetings, we had a guest visit, us who had a friend of, who was a friend of Denny and Debbie's. I believe he was an Iranian. Yes, he was, a Christian, Iranian. He was asking some questions, and David went into his teaching mode. It was very powerful what David was sharing with this man, and I felt the strong anointing that was coming through him and his words to this man. At that moment, my eyes were opened to see two angels that were specifically assigned to David in his life and ministry. They were identical in appearance, like twins. They were both six and a half feet tall and stood side by side. Uh, they had long, thick, white robes down to the floor and large white rings. They had short, brown, straight hair that was parted on the right and very youthful faces like they were in their early twenties. They had pale complexions and brown eyes. The one on David's right holds a shepherd's staff made of a polished reddish-brown wood. His name is Bakuri, and he is an angel of preservation, or what we would call a guardian angel. His twin is called Simri, and he bestows the anointing for teaching upon David. Simri means watchman. 
but there is no earthly meaning for bakuri that I have found. They are twins because their functions are intertwined. They are angels of shepherdship and teaching, and uh, well as well as serving to preserve and guard David's life. When David was speaking the anointing, the anointed message to the visitor, I saw Simri, who normally stands with his hands tucked inside uh, his opposite sleeves. Uh, pull his hands out and extend them towards David's head. Then I saw what looked like a cornucopia in uh, light mixed with sound waves resonate outwards from his hands in a funnel shape as the waves traveled through David's body and projected outward in larger and larger rings into the room. And this is what the teaching anointing looked like. I've only recently seen these two again and uh, took the opportunity to ask their names. Okay, uh, we're going to share this revelation, uh, which was sent by one of our missionaries. Uh, Jesus appears to UBM missionary. And we're going to make this anonymous, as we will tell you why recent in, in a second. Eight four twenty two. Hallelujah to God. Praise be to God forever for your total commitment to His will and for the salvation of many. Maximum respect to the entire community of UBM. Daddy, he calls me Daddy, uh, and I call him Son. <laughs> Daddy, I have been uh, handing, uh, handling visitors since Friday last week until yesterday, I had four apostles from a refugee camp, and we shared a lot and took books as well, and they took books as well. We dearly uh, thank you for the unceasing prayers which you make for us. So far, many are crying for lack of food. Everything has continued to go uh, high in prices. Uh, for sure, everyone here is so scared of where the country is heading. Uh, but for us who are in Christ, we are strong and trusting in Him day by day. Amen. And we do our best to supply their needs as far as uh, materials and food. But I tell you, the, it's, it's expanding very fast. Daddy... We have found uh, grace before God last week. Oh, something happened to us at church in praying. I was leading prayers on Friday last week, and the Lord told me that, quote, For in you nations shall be blessed, unquote. And this is true. It's already true, and it's becoming more true. We continued praying and worshiping, and a few minutes later, power hit the building, and fire filled certain ladies, and they were jumping in the air. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And then a very strong temperature arose in our midst. I don't know what happened to me, but I was kneeling down, and my eyes saw a very, very bright being standing in our midst. I first saw him from looking down. Inside the brightness was a man with a very white robe. I lifted my face upward and saw a very beautiful and smiling face. 
Inside of me, I heard a voice that said, Jesus! I could not keep my eyes straight to him, meaning, of course, the brilliance was making him look away. Uh, An atmosphere of joy, real joy, covered the building. And uh, three women in the congregation saw the same. They cried out louder, saying that, Oh, my eyes have seen him. The, the three women said that he had holes in his hands where the nails had passed. It was a very shocking moment, but very beautiful. It was around 8.30 p.m. in the evening. I started also crying out to the people that he is here, he is here, he is here. Well, this is not strange to us, for we've had, we've seen the Lord and angels in our meetings for many years, and we've seen demons over the head of some who were turning factious, too, and uh, or seen demons flying around the room when the factious spoke. Yeah, I later on heard the Lord say that I am raising a new army, and I start with you. It was a tremendous thick presence around us, and many people cried out, worshiping him and rolling down on the ground. It was hard to explain, but it surely happened. Daddy, thank you for keeping us upright in truth. This message in books and audios have healed and restored many in church back to Christ. But these messages, uh, many surely testify that We thought that we were born again, but we were not. Well, as you know, Christianity can just be a religion, and uh, quite often is for most, um, but uh, it can be true, too. Children here, thank you very much. We are already in the holidays, uh, vacation, and all is well, for the Lord God is in control. Yes, He is. May God keep you very strong and progressing in all things in spirit and physically, humble and physically. Humble greetings to everyone that is faithfully serving you and serving with you in this journey. God richly bless them all. And later this uh, missionary wrote to report what happened to his wife that same night. He said, um, quote, the Night of that Friday after church, my wife did not sleep. She stayed awake. And at 2 a.m., she went to pray in a room. And two angels came to her. The room was filled with power. And she began to pray in a way that scared everyone in the house. She was crying so loud in the night at 2 a.m., She was speaking in tongues and was praying and seeing things at the same time. The two angels showed her her life from since she was a baby. Certain rituals were done on her when she was a baby, and since then she saw a dark angel who has been following her everywhere she goes. Her auntie has been doing rituals on her since she was young, controlling my wife's life on her altar until now. Her auntie said, 
My wife will be married, but she will not have peace. She saw it all in that night, and she has not been alone for sure. She also saw me praying for the lame walking, people coming out of wheelchairs, casting away crutches, and power covering the congregation. God told her, I can't use you now. Stay home. Well, this was an answer to prayer for the missionary because his wife had a strong Jezebel spirit on her, and she received a great deliverance that night. Well, uh, obviously, the demons that were imparted to her, you know, one could have been that, or they could have invited others in, as Jesus spoke in the Scriptures, you know. Um, and this mission is just growing so fast. I mean, it's spreading uh, through the country and into others. Um, and ministers from all over the country and some from surrounding countries are coming there and getting our free books and materials. And these other missionaries on another continent have seen exceeding growth. Uh, we do not uh, identify them or their countries because the faction hates the real God and his children and has already tried to stop this. But our God is about to, according to what he has shown us, uh, execute some of them for this. All right. And we, of course, pray for them. We know that there are elect among them that um, will come out and tell the whole story, as a matter of fact, and uh, will repent and be humbled for what they have been delivered over to temporarily. Uh, some they've been have been delivered over to permanently, okay? Uh, and this is a revelation given to Marie Kelton on twelve six twenty one. Watch how the angels exercise dominion. I was asking the Lord about spiritual warfare again, and the Lord said to me, Watch the angels. A little while later, I had an open vision of me being in heaven. And there were these two huge angels, and in between them was a huge demon with chains around his wrists. Let me say that uh, what I know about this is that our training, our testing, and our chastening through demons is controlled by God, who works all things after the counsel of his own will. And if you don't believe this, just read the first chapter of Job. There is a clear example of this. The demons have biblical rights, by the way, to torment those under the curse, whether because of unbelief or because of sin. But we know from Galatians 3 that we've been delivered from the curse and been given Abraham's blessings, right? Amen. So, uh, back to Marie's revelation here. The angel on the left was holding a long chain that was connected to the demon's left wrist, and the angel on the right was holding the other long chain that was connected to the demon's right wrist. They were telling me how demons flee when you use the Word of God. They told me to test it out, so I did. I don't remember what I said, but I knew it was the Word of God. 
the demon started to run away, and it only got so far until the angels pulled it back. Then the angels said to me, See? <laughs> yeah, James 4 and 7. Be subject therefore unto God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Well, uh, let me say that in Revelation 12, the angels have authority to conquer Satan and his demons through our faith and testimony. Revelation 12, 7 through 11. And there was war in heaven, Michael and his angels going forth to war with the dragon, and the dragon warred and his angels. And they prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast down, the old serpent, he that is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was cast down to the earth, and his angels were cast down with him. And I heard a great voice in heaven saying, Now is come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, who accuseth them before our God day and night. By the way, he has a lot of factious helpers to accuse. That's what they do. They use slander and uh, accusation to turn people away from the gospel. Uh, verse 11, And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb, and because of the word of their testimony, and because they loved not their life even unto death. So the word of their testimony, our faith in the blood of the Lamb, and because we uh, deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus, we have this victory and we have this power. Well, Lord, you are so awesome. And uh, we do thank you for your mighty grace, which is upon all of your people. Uh, Father, we know that Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. And, of course, we know that this is manifested through the faith of the people that, that receive your grace. And, uh, and, and know and understand. And so, Lord, we ask you that everyone out there will grow by this testimony and understand that you have authority over the demons which are over your enemies. Your enemies do nothing uh, without those demons. And so you have authority over your enemies by exercising authority over the angels. Amen. The demon angels I'm talking about. And... Um, so, Father, we thank you for this revelation, and we ask you to bless everyone out there and uh, give understanding and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Good night. Be blessed. <laughs>